This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho, featuring inspirational and fascinating personal stories of people from all corners of the globe who are now in St. Louis. We'll take a look at the U.S. through newcomers' eyes, get some insight into world history and cultures, and maybe learn something about ourselves. Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL. Welcome back to Stories of New Americans. Tonight, I'm joined by Ali Dorhan, and he joins us from Turkey. Welcome. Thank you so much. You. Um, usually, I ask the guests to describe where their country is geographically, in case some people might not be familiar with where Turkey is on the map. So can you kind of describe where it is and what its neighbors are? Yeah, definitely, Jan. Um So Turkey is located in uh, Asia and re- uh, Europe, uh, is that the only country that's into uh, continents like that? Istanbul is the only city in the world wow. which is located on the border falls in Istanbul. Yeah, wow. the, um, Asia and Europe together. Oh. It's the only city in the world located on two different continents. Wow. So when it comes to Turkey uh, itself, uh, we have Black Sea uh, to the north. That uh, northeast we have Georgia. Uh, on the east we have Armenia, Azerbaijan, Iran. Uh, in in south we have Iraq, Syria, and also in south we have our Mediterranean, where you're gonna have uh, Cyprus. On the west um, we have Aegean Sea, um, where we have uh, Greece and Bulgaria. Wow! So, so a lot of probably a lot of cultural influences too. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of a great land for multiculturalism, I can say. And the population is what about? Five million. I it's, it's it's around maybe ninety million. 90 million um, yeah. We have recent years we have uh, a lot of uh, immigrants coming uh, to Turkey from Syria, uh, Afghanistan because of the issues in oh. in those uh, Middle Eastern countries. Do they come and stay, or are they kind of temporary yeah. refugees? Uh, they come and stay. Most of them. Really. Most of them. Are they? Kind of staying in refugee camps, or do they eventually um, get? Some of them are stationed in um, southeastern part of Turkey. Some of the cities in mm-hmm. refugee camps, um, but now, when you go to any city, uh, for example, um, not only like big cities, but also small towns like my hometown, you're going to see a lot of refugees. And are they able to work? Do they can they get their own? Yes, they, yes, yes. Okay. Um, government is helping them. Um, they can work um, and also in, in multiple different uh, businesses. Mm. Okay. I have a question. Now. I, lately I've been hearing about um, the country kind of having a different name in English now. I, I've seen it spelled T-U-R-K-I-Y-E, <laughs> which I guess is closer to the actual pronunciation in your language. Is that right? Yes, it's um, everything is the same in our language, but U after T, it's U sound. Like a German U. Yeah, yeah U sound, which is Turkey. Um, so UN in UN registration, it has been changed, I think, a few years ago. Really? So officially, it's not Turkey anymore. It is Turkey. 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 That's how you. That's, yes, how, that's how we pronounce in, in, uh, in our language, Turkey. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it written that way in in articles in the last year or so here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Now, the Ottoman Empire was 
the Turkish government mm-hmm. for several centuries. And um, we say Ottoman, but I believe it was named for the first, um, I guess, sultan or leader, mm-hmm. Osman, right? Yeah, so Osman is the name of the founder of Ottoman. So it was kind of more like a tribe. Okay. Um, so he was the founder. So the followers of the uh, Osman, they are called Osmanlı. Mm. So um, in English, we say Ottomans, but I, in Turkish, we say Osmanlı, meaning like uh, the, the followers uh, of Osman, the very first. And how do you refer to the Ottoman Empire in your language? Osmanlı uh, Devleti. Okay. So I guess Ottoman is just a English, English translation yeah. or something? Yeah, I think so. Ottomans. Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, it was the Ottoman Empire went on to you know it was it was quite a large empire in yes. its in its peak including um Bosnia and the Balkans mm-hmm. and I'm it's I met you through a mutual Bosnian friend of ours and so as you know we have a lot of Bosnians in St. Louis mm-hmm. and um it's interesting to me that um you know most of the Bosnians in St. Louis are muslim not necessarily most Bosnians in Bosnia are Muslim, but Bosnian Muslims were the main victims of the genocide, the war in the 90s. So that's why they came here as refugees. But um, they are the descendants of Bosnians who converted to Islam when it was part of the Ottoman Empire. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, Ottomans... Um after conquering Istanbul, um, about 10 years later, um, the great conqueror like Fatih Sultan Mehmed, he captured Bosnia as well. Um, so that's how uh, Islam was introduced to, to Bosnia. Mm-hmm. And um, Adamus uh, ruled Bosnia maybe a little more than 400 years. So during that, that time, uh, definitely there were so many uh, converts into Islam. But not all, right? I, not all. From what Bosnians tell me, they, it was not a forced conversion. Mm-hmm. But there might have been practical reasons for converting like tax breaks or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. Um, during Ottoman times, um, Ottomans, they have the, some kind of incentives to Muslims. For example, when they conquer uh, new land, um, if there is some land um, left by the people, so Muslims had the right to co- go and g- get those uh, fields mm-hmm. or lands. And also um, non-Muslims, they had to pay um, extra taxes. So there was and a- also um, I can say uh, Muslims were kind of more privileged but it comes to getting jobs in government, yeah. in uh, military, so it might be another thing. Interesting. But specifically talking about uh, Bosnia, uh, even before uh, capturing Bosnia, we had uh, Muslim business people who were part of um, uh, some Muslim orders, groups. They did move into Bosnia. Mm-hmm. So... Turkish people, uh, Turkish people of Ottomans. Um, so Turkish, they they moved there. So uh, it was maybe the first time it was uh, Islam was introduced. This would have been in the fifteenth century, fourteen. Uh, yeah, like about maybe fourteen, late fifties, sixties. I can say. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I, a lot of Bosnians here tell me that there are a lot of Turkish um, 
influences on their culture too. A lot of words are from mm-hmm. Turkish like Jezva, Filjan, mm-hmm. which refer to the traditional yeah. coffee yeah, pot yeah, and cup. Yes. They told me that any word that has the sound of J is originally from Turkish. Um, it might be right. Like hoca, uh, pencere. Yeah, hoca, pencere, maybe. Um, I know we have common words like kapı, um, yatak, yastuk. Um, like they a, do not say yastuk, they say yastuk. Like uh, pillow or something? Yeah, pillow. Yeah. pillow. So we have common common words and yorgan. Um, uh-huh. I think it's, it's thanks to that we shared uh, same history for about 400 years. Yeah. So we have börek uh, in Turkish. Burek. Maybe we, we, we got it from our Bosnian uh, brothers mm. and sisters. Yeah. And what they call Bosnian coffee, you probably call Turkish coffee, yeah, right? Yeah, we call Turkish coffee. And Greeks call yeah. it Greek coffee Greek and coffee, Russian. Yeah. <laughs> but I know Bosnians, um, they drink a lot of Bosnian coffee. It doesn't uh-huh. matter in the morning or late night. Yeah. So. Well, the Ottoman Empire ended after World War One, and then um, Mustafa Kemal Atatürk yes. became the leader of the new Republic of Turkey. Yes, which was a big shift culturally yeah. and religiously and mm-hmm. politically. Can you talk about him and how the country changed? Yeah. And it was 1922, I think. Uh, it's it was 1923. Okay. By the way, I want to kind of say happy birthday. to Turkey. Oh, yeah. Uh, because October 29th, uh, just in a few weeks, we are going to celebrate a 100th anniversary uh, oh, of our republic. Happy birthday. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so great opportunity for that. Yeah, Kemal Ataturk, he is the founder of um, modern Turkey, I can say. And he did make um, a lot of uh, reforms, uh, not only political, but also in social, economical, um, legal, and educational life. So some of the things that I can name... Um, um, definitely, he did proclaim uh, uh, the Republic of Turkey and then adapted uh, international uh, calendar hours adjustments and introduced um, modern Latin al- alphabet. Oh, um, what was it? What alphabet was used before? Uh, before or, it was... Um, or what writing system? Uh, it was uh, kind of Arabic, Ottoman oh. uh, Arabic uh, and then um, one of the important things, um, right to vote for women, mm. uh, it was introduced like 1930, mm. uh, decades before, before like Italy, France. Mm. So women, they were allowed to vote. Um, th- these are some of the uh, reforms. He also established Turkey as a, as a secular country, right? Yes, yes. And had it been under Sharia law before or, or an Islamic, officially so, Islamic government? Uh, so it was it was the Ottoman uh, before Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, um, but with the secularism that he brought in. Uh, but it, the secularism in United States it's different than the secularism that we had uh, in Turkey. We got it m- mostly from France. Mm. So um, s- separating religion from any public atmosphere. For example, if you had a turban, um, headscarf, you were not allowed to get into colleges, universities, mm-hmm. since they are called like public uh, spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so secularism also uh, introduced by uh, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. So um, the education system, so it became secular as well. Boys and girls could study together? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't outlaw women, women's headscarves or hijab. He just said you couldn't do that into a, in a public place? Yes, yes. Is that the way it is now? Um, now people, 
women they can teach if you go to list a teacher in a public school you can teach with a uh, headscarf but it it changed um, maybe about a decade ago if i'm not uh, wrong you have a basically have a choice they don't have to but they they are free to if they choose to right right now yes if okay. you want to have your headscarf uh, and want to teach be a student in a public um, college or high school um, you can you can have your headscarf but it was not the case before since we got like secularism from uh, from France what percentage i know you you haven't lived in turkey for a while but would you ask what percentage of women would you estimate cover their heads in i guess uh, it depends on the cities or uh, it may towns. depend uh, on the city mm-hmm. um, some of the cities are kind of known as kind of conservative mm-hmm. some of the cities are known as like secular but i don't think i can give a percentage to be honest is it safe to say that the asian part is more conservative than the european part um i can say mainly western part or and south the um, regions close to sea yeah. they are kind of more secular the inner parts rural areas uh, they are more uh, conservative I mean, I imagine like Istanbul. It's very diverse, so yeah. you have all flavors. Yeah, Istanbul. I imagine it looking just like a typical European city. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, why don't we take a short break here, um, our first break, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about you. I'm going to get your yeah. story. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, you're listening to Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL. Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Stories of New Americans. Brought to you in part by Arnell's Hardwoods. For all of your laminate and hardwood flooring needs, call them at 314-397-3252. Stories of New Americans. Brought to you in part by the Indoor Comfort Team. For all of your heating and cooling needs, call the Indoor Comfort Team at 314-230-9542. This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Welcome back. We're talking with Ali Dorhan from Turkey. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Turkey. Turkey. We've talked a little bit about the history of the country, but I want to get your story now. So mm-hmm. tell me where in the country you were born. What what city or what area? Um, I was born in uh, Manisa, Soma. It's a small um, town, I can say. When I meet with my American friends, I usually say I'm very close to Izmir, Ephesus. Okay. Because it's kind of more popular uh, outside Turkey. That's Just in like, the European section? It, it's uh, not in the European section. It's in, in the Asia, but the western part of Asia uh-huh. by by the agency. The Aegean Sea? Yeah. Okay. All right. And did you have a large family and a lot of brothers and sisters? What was your childhood like? Um, we have uh, we are five siblings. Uh, four boys, and our eldest is our sister. Um, it's kind of fairly uh, large for a, a family who lives in the western part of oh, Turkey. Really? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, 
Talk about your school. Did you attend uh, public elementary and high school or maybe you call it primary and secondary mm-hmm. school? So um, during my elementary and middle school years, um, I had to change like six different schools in public school because of some family events mm. uh, back on, on those days. And um, But um, I went to a decent private uh, high school and which was affiliated with um, Hizmet Movement. Um, and I think um, it's good to mention about like uh, what the movement is about because it has a huge impact on my personality for, for being a, the person that I'm today. So in a nutshell, uh, Hizmet, um, the founder is Fethullah Gulen. Um, and um, he was a... He's an Islamic um, um, preacher, uh, scholar, poet, uh, educational activist. So he did inspire uh, millions of people. Uh, and he said, we, in our today's world, we have main three uh, issues, problems. Uh, the first one is uh, ignorance and then uh, poverty and disunity. For ignorance, he did inspire millions of people within Turkey and outside Turkey to open uh, schools from K through 12, universities, um, dormitories, um, tutoring centers, depending on the size of the city, town. And then um, and then uh, also inspire people to open like media outlets. Education is not uh, only for K through 12 or high school. And also we need to educate the adults as well uh, through those uh, media outlets and also some uh, different type of initiatives uh, and then when it comes to um, um, it comes to poverty, he did inspire uh, people to um, to earn as much as they can, only for uh, for them to be able to sponsor uh, some um, educational um, institutions, to open the hospitals abroad. So it was very a uh, big active um, community. Um, had uh, thousands of schools in in Turkey and also Turkey and hospitals as well. And then uh, he did change the concept of like uh, donation. It's not only about giving money. Um, encourage people, wealthy people, to to make money and also to be able to help the others. And also donating your time as well. We had many teachers, many educators who did donate their time for students, um, did cataract surgeries uh, in Africa. And also when it comes to disunity, um, it, he inspired us to um, bring people from different walks of life. Even if Turkey is predominantly Muslim, 99%, but we have a lot of diversity uh, within our country as well. Shiites, um, different ethnicities. Um, so he initiated a lot of um, activities, efforts, and also, especially in countries like United States, um, he inspired people to to get in touch with the people of different faiths and cultures to bring them together in different venues, venues so that they can learn from one another. So the school that I went to was affiliated to, uh, with um, with Hizmet Movement, which means uh, service in, in our language. So it was a private education. Uh, I got scholarship. I was really good at soccer uh, mm-hmm. back then. And then I got sc- scholarship uh, through sports. I was in gymnastics. Yeah. Um, 
So I do remember. And it was a boarding school, uh, all boys uh, okay. boarding school. Did you, as, as a member of that group, did you, were you asked to do a lot of community service too then? Um, when I was um, in high school, um, I was not, but I was not even aware that it was uh, a Hizmet community school when I was in high school. Um, but when I went to college, I did a lot of volunteering, mentoring, um, kind of big brothers and big sisters mm-hmm. uh, type of uh, volunteering that we did. I did. Okay. It was a boarding school. Was, was it very strict too? Was there a lot of um, a lot of homework, a lot of classes, a lot of uh, discipline? So uh, the schedule was busy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was math and science focused. Um, and we had kind of um, a tight schedule even after uh, school. Uh, we had study halls. We had teachers. So I don't want to call it like this way, kind of a military type of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything uh, was in a scheduled format that mm-hmm. you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Yes, you definitely had your free time. Uh, but it's not, it was not like the way that it is today. But then you, you played soccer too, I guess, yes, for the school, yes, right? Yes, yes. So we had practices several days uh, in a week so I could go. And then I was in choir. Um, I used to sing mm. and then I did participate that. I was in gymnastics, so I used to go practice gymnastics besides uh, academics. And um, so did it you, kept me busy, really busy. Did the, did the soccer and gymnastics teams then compete with other schools or were there like national or um, regional Gymnastics was like the very first time uh, that the school initiated. Um, so we did not compete with others. It was more kind of um, exhibition type of thing that when there is kind of any event the school is sponsoring or citywide, we used to go and do some uh kind of shows, <laughs> acrobatic shows mm-hmm. with some of my friends. So since uh, it, I can even say it, it's something that we started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing and then our PE teachers uh, show our skill, uh, I mean, uh, see our skills. And then he said, okay, why don't we start kind of a gymnastic uh, club type of uh, activity? Mm-hmm. And then that's how it kind of started. Okay. Yeah. Is gymnastics popular in your country? I know soccer uh, no, is. Not not that much. Okay. Um, soccer is number one. Mm-hmm. At the moment, uh, Turkey is playing against uh, Croatia. At the moment? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So, I've got a Croatian lady coming oh, in for an my. interview <laughs> after you're finished today. Interesting. Um, did you study English when you were in that school? So, uh, yes, I did study English in high school. And, okay. Was uh, it required in the school? It was required. It was one of the requirements. Um, and um, I want to be a, a teacher um, because I got inspired a lot from my teachers. They they had huge impact in my life. I said, even when I was a freshman in high school, I said, I want to be a teacher. I want to make a difference in people because mm-hmm. I did benefit from their guidance. So um, I did study ESL. When I mm-hmm. uh, went to college, so I didn't know English before coming to the United States. Did you study British English or American English? It was English? British English. Yeah. Okay. And did you travel a lot to other countries before you moved here? Um, before moving here, um, 
I did organize several tours to to Europe to when I was a teacher um, in the capital city Ankara. Went to Europe like France, Germany, Netherlands, um, Brussels, and uh, about a year I worked in in Afghanistan um, as a volunteer teacher. I taught English there. Um, oh. There was a a, a Hizmet uh, affiliated school. Uh, Hizmet had schools in more than 160 countries. So after college, I said, okay, I just want to kind of volunteer, and I don't mind uh, which country um, I'll go. So they said there is there are some openings in Afghanistan, and then that's how I went to Afghanistan. Mm. And then you also taught in Turkey, you said. I also taught in Turkey. Before coming to the United States, uh, I taught uh, in Afghanistan about a year and two years in, in Turkey. Okay. And you were teaching English and also in Turkey? Yes, English as a second language. Okay. What was your impression of the United States during these this time, did you ever think about coming here, or did you have so, any impression of it? Uh, back then, we did not have social media, so it's not like today. the The young generation they do know anything about happening in the world, mm-hmm. um, thanks to YouTubers or influencers. Uh, my limited experience about the United States was through soap operas, oh, like <laughs> Dallas was. So popular, like uh-huh. JR, oh, Pamela, <laughs> uh, uh, Night Rider. It was my favorite really? show. <laughs> Night Rider, Michael, Michael Knight. Uh-huh. Um, but um, do, those were my kind of experiences, like mm-hmm. American movies. Um, but I, I used to think that, um, you know, how you have your American dream, having a single house, a boy and a girl, uh, and then nice, decent houses. I thought mm-hmm. it's more like how it is reflected. Mm-hmm. It is not the truth. When I came here, wow, this is a land of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the real life is not like movies or TVs mm-hmm. probably anywhere. So what you you taught English in your country and in Afghanistan for a while, mm-hmm. and then eventually you came here. Yes. How did that come about? So I usually say that it was God's call uh, because um, when I was teaching in in the capital city, I was working for one of the uh, very decent private schools in the nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I never had intention. My plan was to kind of stay in that specific school, maybe uh, move up to maybe leadership or managerial roles. Um, I was um, admired by by the management as well. Uh, But one day, a friend of mine, he approached Ali, do you want to apply for green cards? And I said, I had no idea what green card is. And very last day, he did apply on my behalf. He told me, Ali just sent me this information. It it was easy as like opening a Facebook account and then asked me to send my pictures and my wife and he, I applied, and he did apply on my behalf, actually. Um, and then we got the lottery. Yeah, talk about – tell the listeners what that is, that lottery system. Uh, so every year, uh, United States um, has a lottery to uh, non-Americans. And then for each country, they have a cap limit. 
I'm not sure what the limit is. Um, I think it, de- it about, depends like, on the country. It depends on the country. I think in total it might be 50,000, uh, if I'm not wrong. And then it's just like lottery by chance. Um, so that's, that's how I got it. My friend who helped me, he was applying for the last 10 years. He didn't get it. Um, and then uh, I do believe in signs like this uh, in my life. My wife and I, we had kind of a deep conversation um, and we didn't have any kids back then. And we said, okay, let's put all of our stuff into a storage. Newly married, just about a year. And then with the intention that, oh, let's go and try and see how it's going to work out. And it's been like 14 years. Um, we are here, American citizens. Now, this lottery system, that I, let's make it clear that th- this is this – is- Legal immigration. Yes, it is. Um, you, there, there's this lottery system. It, it's sort of the, for countries, probably almost every country in the, almost every country mm-hmm. in the world will get a certain number of slots per year. But when you come, when people come on the system, they they don't receive any assistance from the government, right? You're expected to be self sufficient. Yes, yes. And you, you get a green card get, and a and a and a work authorization card mm-hmm. and a social security card, but you're on your own, I believe, right? Yes. Um, so in that sense, we were lucky because my, my wife, she's also an ESL teacher. She did speak English before coming here. Um, and, um, before coming here, I did meet with some of my friends. They did have connections, uh, with some Turkish people in the United States. So I had the opportunity to meet with some of them uh, since I was in, in Ankara, the capital city. Um, and then before coming here, I was interview, interviewed for a job. Uh, here, yeah, job here, here in the United States. So, there, there, so I was lucky to secure a job. Um, and then we said, okay, why don't we go and try? So um, it was kind of a smooth transition when it comes to um, knowing the language, having some familiarity, and also knowing that I will not have to kind of um, find a job. Uh, since I have done it before coming here. Do you think you would have come if you had not gotten a job first? I would definitely. You you would have come anyway? Yeah, wow. I went to Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. So um, coming to United States, especially um, for something that a lot of people are doing their best, mm-hmm. investing a lot of money to be able to move to United States. And this is a gift from God. And we said, okay, let's go and and. Give a shot, and then I'm so pleased with that decision. Did you come directly to St. Louis or another place first? First, I um, stayed in Chicago for, a, for about a month. Why uh, there? Did you have friends there? Uh, because the uh, the school management company, they did have their central office there, and then they did have a training session, kind of a professional development uh, for, for people like myself. Uh, so that's why I, I stayed there about a month. But uh, we were mainly in uh, Midwest. Uh, we lived in Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, uh, St. Louis, Chicago. Did you get jobs in these different places? Why did you move yeah. around? Uh, it, it was thanks to a uh, job uh, because okay. the management company, they did operate schools. I yeah. think back then, maybe more than 30 schools. So um, I got promotion from uh, in Ohio. I was working there. 
I was teaching Turkish. Uh, it in, was an elective class uh, in the school. Columbus? In Columbus, Ohio. Ohio yeah. State University? or No, no it is uh, high school. It was a high really? school. Really? I've yeah. never heard of Turkish being offered in a high school before. So it was one of the options. Um, and then um, one responsibility was to help with the academics as well, um, besides uh, teaching Turkish. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, I moved to Indianapolis. There was an opening. Uh, I did apply for it. Yeah. And then when did you arrive in St. Louis? It was uh, 2012. And my story coming to St. Louis, um, I came here... For, for a job in a nonprofit organization, I changed my career oh. uh, in 2012. Um, uh, back then, there was an organization called the Niagara Foundation. Their mission was to promote uh, interfaith and intercultural dialogue mm. between the people uh, from different walks of life. Mm. It was something that I was doing already on volunteer based. And uh, a friend, he approached me and informed me about this availability. And I said, okay. Um, and then it was something that I was doing in volunteer base. That's how I kind of changed my career into nonprofit. Mm-hmm. On that note, why don't we take our second break here? I'm looking at the clock. And then we'll come back and, and get more of your story. Okay. You're listening to Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL. Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Stories of New Americans. Brought to you in part by Samim Afghan Restaurant, featuring traditional Afghan cuisine and conveniently located on Manchester Road in the Grove. Stories of New Americans. Brought to you by Hacking Law for individuals who want to come and stay in the U.S. Hacking Law fights for immigrants every day. Visit them at hackingimmigrationlaw.com. This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Welcome back to Stories of New Americans. I'm talking to Ali Dorhan. And you were talking about coming to St. Louis then. Did, did you notice any differences between Chicago, Indianapolis, Columbus, St. Louis? They're all, were there any differences among these cities? Um, among all of these, I feel more um, ties to St. Louis. I feel like mm. this is my second home. A lot of friends really? here. Um, did you know anybody when you came here? I did not. I did not. Um, just very few Turkish people, but they were not uh, kind of my immediate friends. I didn't know through other friends. Yeah. Um, but um, Columbus, Indianapolis, um, I had great memories. I didn't like Chicago. I'm so sorry because it was too big for too big. me. Yeah, too much traffic. Uh, yeah, too much traffic. Um, and I couldn't kind of socialize as... It was difficult for me to get into a community because I'm a very social person uh, to create a community for myself. Mm -hmm. What what um, what were some of the cultural differences in general coming to this country, coming from Turkey? Did you notice some things that were weird or different, not what you expected? Uh, For example, um, back then before moving to here, if you have two cars – um, in Turkey, you would consider it a very wealthy person. 
And here, uh, when I heard about my friends, they have two cars. How come? You're a teacher and you have two cars. <laughs> and then it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But coming here, I remember the very first week, definitely we didn't have a car. My wife and I, we walked to a grocery store mm. and had all of the bags in our hands. The cars, they were just driving by and they were kind of looking us in the eye. <laughs> Like, why, why are you crazy walking? Yeah, why, why are you walking like almost in the middle of the road? Uh, and then we didn't know the culture. And then now I understand, oh. So you, you would not drive to the grocery yeah, store? Yeah, you would not drive. Um, and then um, relationship with the neighbors, for example, uh, it's, it's kind of different uh, when you compare to Turkey. Um, especially back then we were renting um, when we first uh, came to United States. But in Turkey, when, even if you rent, you're going to have your neighbors knocking your door, bringing some food uh, and things like that. You start kind of relationship um, easier, I can say. Yeah. And also some other differences like um, some of the challenges, I can say, like finding halal food since I follow a Muslim dietary, um, finding restaurants, especially when I'm kind of traveling between the cities I couldn't get used to like subway and things like that. Uh, it took a while for me to get used to uh, yeah. the the uh, cuisine here. Yeah, I think I think St. Louis has really um, gone far with availability of various types of foods too. Like, yeah, I think yeah, it's I can. Probably I easy can, to get halal meat now. Yeah, right? definitely, and also thanks to technology, yeah. like thanks to Steve Jobs, <laughs> you can Google yeah. everything from your iPhone and. Just type halal and find a yeah. <laughs> a nearby restaurant. Yeah. Um, and also now we are so familiar with like St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. It's very diverse. We have um, other Muslim brothers and sisters like Bosnians, mm-hmm. uh, Pakistani, uh, Afghans. So um, maybe it's one of the other reasons that we really love uh, being here as well. You didn't know anybody when you came, but were there, and I guess the neighbors were not that Welcoming, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. But did did you meet some Americans who helped you in these early days in St. Louis, or other people that kind of smoothed the way for you? Yeah. Um, just a quick correction. Um, I don't want to say like neighbors were not welcoming. Um, I didn't have any issues. For example, now but I but not what you expected. Yeah, not, not from, as yeah. I expected. Yeah, I um, and then, um, but. I had great friends. Um, I have great American friends um, who embraced me a lot, um, my family a lot. Um, and also, for example, I do volunteer on on my uh, after work a lot. Uh, when there are kind of newcomers, uh, newcomers, I did partner with several churches like um, College Church um, oh. on Lindell. Mm-hmm. And then for the newcomers, we had volunteers from them that they assigned some uh, volunteer families. Mm-hmm. They did go to my friends' houses to teach them English and to teach them the culture as well. Mm. Um, and um, I had many uh, friends. They did they did take me to social gatherings. They did take me to um, any opportunities that I can kind of well integrate into the community. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, wh- how is your life now? What is your quote-unquote real job? So currently I work for MasterCard uh, as a site reliability uh, engineer um, in profession. 
But in passion, um, I do uh, volunteer. Um, I do a lot of interfaith and intercultural um, volunteer work. Um, I do definitely believe in that. And then I do volunteer for um, our community center for their uh, educational services, especially young adults organizing mm-hmm. soccer games every Tuesday, mm-hmm. trying to keep up with them, college students, and um, giving mentoring uh, every Thursday at my home. Um, tonight I'm going to meet with them. Wow. Um, organizing some retreats, career um um, planning days. Um, um, that, that's what I do on 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 my kind of volunteer times. Mm-hmm. Especially, also have family. I have a daughter; she is twelve. I have a son; he is nine. Oh, They're so a handful. You're very busy. So, uh, how large is the Turkish community in St. Louis? Do you know? In St. Louis, um, when I first moved here, it was about like uh, fifteen families, but yeah, we huh? did grow a lot in years. Um, and right now we have about a hundred families. Okay. When I say um, we, I mean like uh, the community that um, that I am a member of, uh, Turkish American Society of Missouri. We have a community center down in uh, in South County, but I know the Turkish community is larger than that. Um, not the official number, but. Um, I heard about like maybe 2,000 to 3,000 people, mm-hmm. Turkish people, they live in St. Louis. And we have at least two Turkish restaurants in St. Louis. Yeah, there is one on um, Chippewa, right yeah. across uh, Ted Drew's, mm-hmm. um, Aya Sofia. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one. Um, it's on South Grand. South Grand, uh, Shish Kebab. And also there is another one, which oh. is my favorite, Troy. Oh, is that Mediterranean? Turkish? Yeah, uh, the owner is Ahuskan Turkish. Um, oh. So it's I can say it's my favorite okay. Turkish restaurant. Yeah, I've been there. It's in kind of Valley Park, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, if if you if Americans meet you, if St. Louisans meet you, and they do they ask you where you're from if they hear your accent, and do they or do you maybe ask them? To guess where you're from and what what do they yeah how do they respond um, when you tell when you? they definitely when they hear. Uh, my accent, maybe they changed the question. I feel like they were going to ask which high school I was graduated ah. from. <laughs> and then they changed it to where I, where am I from? Uh-huh. And then I usually kind of tease them, hey, I'm from uh, Indianapolis. This is where my accent is coming <laughs> from. <laughs> so uh, definitely. And there are some people, they have no idea where Turkey is located. There are some people... Um, they have been, or some of their family members, they they went to Ephesus, had a, a cruise um, mm. tour to to Turkey. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are very knowledgeable about like Turkish history, even far better than myself. Mm. Talking about like some Ottoman history, um, mm-hmm. very few, but I, I did met with some of people mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most typical foods, like if we, if somebody would go to a Turkish restaurant, what would you recommend they try? Yeah, definitely um, um, kebabs, all of them, and um, baklava when it okay. comes to desserts. Um, okay. uh, and I think grape leaves, grape leaves. It's kind of more common in the western part of Turkey. Mm-hmm. The kebabs are more um, popular in the eastern part of Turkey. Mm. 
Okay. And then you mentioned um, soccer as being probably mm-hmm. the number one sport. Mm-hmm. But I've heard about oil wrestling. What is that? Yeah. Oil wrestling. Old wrestling. Oil. Oil wrestling. Um, I know it's going to sound like weird. So um, they put olive oil. Um, at one point, my brother, he is kind of a very strong guy, and he also did oil wrestling. So they have a special shorts, very tight, mm-hmm. and then they just oil their body and then start wrestling. Um, so it's kind of so it's, it's harder to hold on to your yeah, opponent, you I guess, if it's oil. Hold, um, yeah, is it's, that just a Turkish thing? I, I think it's, it's a Turkish thing. I wonder how that got started. <laughs> This wow. is a Turkish thing. But uh, when it comes to sports um, about Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, volleyball. The volleyball women's, too. Uh-huh. Um, we got like a World Cup, European Cup. So really? women uh, volleyball, yeah, sultans of the net, they are the best in the world Sultans right of now. the net? Yes. Women's volleyball? Yes. Really? <laughs> they are the best. Um, now, you said that you liked American soap operas when you were in Turkey, but – I think Turkish soap operas are a big thing now. And um, like <laughs> most of the Bosnians I know watch Turkish soap operas all the time. How did that start? I mean, um, I think Turkey uh, started to kind of open up with Turkish movies. It didn't work out well. But mm-hmm. the soap operas uh, have been so successful, especially in, in Muslim countries, in yeah. Balkans. Yeah. Um, and they're good quality uh, as well, um, some of them. And also, especially the ones um, which has love yeah. uh, in it and yeah. also some history oh. like Ottomans. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I did not watch most of them, most probably... Uh, a regular Bosnian friend of mine may know more than I do. When I go to have a haircut, uh, who's a Bosnian uh, person, he knows more about yeah. uh, Turkish soap operas than I do. First it was Mexican soap operas, yes. there, and then it was Korean, and now mm-hmm. Turkish are the big thing. And I read that Turkey is the second largest um, exporter of exporter, TV shows yeah. after the U.S. now. Yeah, yes. Soap operas, Yeah. <laughs> Um, what are the best and worst things about living in America? <clears throat> um, best things, I consider United States is the land of opportunities. So um, you, the limit is yourself. Mm-hmm. If you believe in yourself, if you know that you're going to achieve, yes, you can achieve. Unfortunately, it is not the case in most of the countries. Mm-hmm. Even if you are a very smart student guy, Let's say in Turkey, you cannot find a decent job. But here, oh, so many opportunities. Myself coming to here, I self-educated myself in IT. Um, I got into IT. I already got like two promotions mm. and another one is coming uh, in about a month or so. And it's not only thanks to my efforts, but it's really thanks to the United States giving that opportunity and support. Mm. Um, and... The negative sides, um, I'm not a person to kind of focus on negative, but I can say it's far away from my homeland. Yeah. I miss it. It's difficult to mm-hmm. uh, travel back and forth. 
Uh, it's very difficult to do get visa. Uh, my brother, he did apply for visa multiple times. Yeah. He got rejected. My friends, my family members. So um, it is the worst part, I can say. Yeah. Um, it is not, it kind of makes the life a little challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get kind of homesick. You mm-hmm. want your uh, loved ones at least to be able to kind of come and see you here. If, if I would go to Turkey, what, what beautiful places should I visit? I mean, definitely um, Istanbul, a lot of history, mm-hmm. very diverse. Um, uh, Ephesus, um, a lot of history again, but it's a different flavor. Mm-hmm. When you go to southern part of Turkey, it's just like California of Turkey. Really? Um, beautiful beaches. Mm-hmm. The eastern part, um, you can see the... Uh, the ruins even coming from the time of uh, Prophet Abraham. Wow. So you're going to see a lot wow. of history, history there as well. Turkey is very, very rich uh, in history. And um, Cappadocia, that we have underground mm-hmm. cities. Oh, my. It was when I first went there, I couldn't believe that. Mm-hmm. You literally go several levels um, underground. Mm-hmm. Um, Do a lot of tourists go to these places? Yes, yes. Myself, I did organize a lot of intercultural trips. Uh, They love those places a lot. Ali, do you have like a final message, If you maybe something you've noticed about America that we might notice ourselves or anything you want to say? I love this country. Um, And I'm so happy that my wife and I, we made the decision to come here. and then um, I, w- I believe that we contribute to, to the community and we will keep doing that. And one thing, I was thinking about this. I was at Starbucks mm. <laughs> before coming to here, AC. I still couldn't get used to that. I'm freezing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's good or bad? It's, it's bad for me. Oh, okay. I still couldn't get used to like... <laughs> Even uh, in July? AC is like very cold. Yeah. <laughs> very cold. So it's still kind of a challenge. Okay. But it's a beautiful country. Um, so pleased that we made the decision to come here. Um, and I consider myself as, as, as Turkish-American because I grew up, grew up in Turkey. Mm-hmm. But I tell my kids, hey, you are American-Turkish. Mm. You're American first, but we want you to keep your Turkish flavor here. Learn from this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, do your best to give back to this country because this country gave us a lot. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Thank you. Thank you, United States. Yeah. For oh, that. Well, we're, we're lucky to have you here. Thank you, Ali, for coming to talk. This has been really interesting. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, Ron. Thank you. You've been listening to Stories of New Americans here at News Talk STL. Please join us next week. Thank you. Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Oh, sure.